Welcome. We are glad you are with us today on Brit David Podcast. Today, Sean shares a message from Joshua 22. What were you thinking? Sean states, we must continuously remind ourselves of the importance of keeping near to the heart of God. It is just that, a heart matter. We need to continue to hold fast to Him, obey Him, and serve Him with all our hearts and keep true to His holy word. may be seated. If you'll take your Bibles this morning, turn to Joshua 22. We'll begin reading there. Let me get this situated here real quick. There we go. I want to give you a synopsis of Joshua 22. Uh, the first part, we're going to start reading in verse 5 here in a second. But as we look at this chapter, the tribes of the Reubenites, Gadites, and East Manasseh have just finished seven years helping the tribes west of the Jordan conquer the enemies and being obedient to the call they had gotten from God and Moses. These three tribes had received, had already received their land. They were already established and yet were faithful to the call of God and to follow his commandments. So Joshua calls them all together to release them and thank them and to send them back to their land, which they had and bless them and give them a charge. That's where we find ourselves in verse five. But be very careful to keep the commandment and the law that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to keep his commands, to hold fast to him and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Joshua blesses them and sends them away. Joshua wanted all the tribes to understand the importance of keeping themselves near to the heart of God. It was just that. It was a heart matter. They needed to continue to hold fast to him, to obey him, and to serve him with all their heart and keep true to his holy word. As Joshua sends them away, they go back, and they're excited about going home to the land which they have. They've received lots of plunder as they've gone through the battles, and they want to get home and divide that up. They're excited. But something changes a little bit as they go, and we're going to look at that here in verse 10. So follow me there. When they came to the region of the Jordan, which is in the land of Canaan, the sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh built an altar there by the Jordan, a large altar in appearance. And the sons of Israel heard it said, I'm going to stop right there. I want to explain something a little bit here if you did not understand what that says. And the sons of Israel heard it said. You understand what that means? They've seen what's going on and the chattering has started. The gossip has started. What are they doing? We can't believe what's going on. They're talking about this. So they heard it said, Behold, the sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh have built an altar at the frontier of the land of Canaan in the region of the Jordan on the side belonging to the sons of Israel. When the sons of Israel heard of it, the whole congregation of the sons of Israel gathered themselves at Shiloh to go do up against them in war. The other tribes had to be completely beside themselves. We had just witnessed what Joshua had said to them. The two and a half tribe leaves, and guess what? They're building an altar. I mean, not just any altar, but it is a massive altar, just like the altar in the tabernacle. So one thing I want you to see here is, as it, as it finished up that scripture, the people were ready. They were immediately ready to go and take care of this problem. They didn't need to be called together. They weren't coaxed. They were prepared for battle, and they were ready. This was to them 
an immediate deviation from the commandments that they were to uphold. Another thing here is to see that they came together to protect the holiness and the truth of God. And they wanted to keep themselves from any appearance of sin. So they come up with a plan. So let's look at 13. Then in verse 13, it states, Then the sons of Israel sent to the sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad and to the half-tribe of Manasseh into the land of Gilead, Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the priest, and with him ten chiefs, one chief for each father's household from each of the tribes of Israel. And each one of them was the head of his father's household among the thousands of Israel. They came to the sons of Reuben and to the sons of Gad and to the half-tribe of Manasseh to the land of Gilead, and they spoke with him, saying, Thus says the whole congregation of the Lord, What is this unfaithful act which you have committed against the God of Israel, turning away from following the Lord this day by building yourselves an altar to rebel against the Lord this day? Is not the iniquity of Peor enough for us, from which we have not cleansed ourselves to this day? Although a plague came on the congregation of the Lord, that you must turn away this day from following the Lord. If you rebel against the Lord today, he will be angry with the whole congregation of Israel. I'm going to kind of put this in a paraphrase here so we can kind of explain what's going on here. The chief priests arrive. They are very concerned because they don't understand. Their first question is the question you hear a lot. What were you thinking? What are you about? Building this altar that is sure to bring the wrath of God on everyone. How is it that you guys left just one day ago, you're out here in the wilderness, and now you're building this massive, massive altar? What are you doing? I mean, you know God commanded that there was only one place to sacrifice, and that was at the tabernacle. So they quickly remind the two and a half what happened with the iniquity of Peor. They said, don't you remember? That's when the Moabites and our, our Israelites and Moabite men had relations with Moabite women and participated in the worship of Moabite gods. God sent a plague, and it killed 24,000 people. Don't you remember this? Phineas, the chief priest, was very emphatic on this point. But he's ready to take even a more dramatic stand as we look in verse 19. If, however, the land of your possession is unclean, then cross into the land of the possession of the Lord, where the Lord's tabernacle stands, and take possession among us. Only do not rebel against the Lord or rebel against us by building an altar for yourselves. Phineas comes out and he makes them a deal. Look, if the land over here is unclean, you can't be there. It's going to cause issues. Then come back. We will resubdivide all this land and separate it out. Everybody will get smaller portions, but we'll still be in the will of God. That is a huge deal. Anybody in this room that had 100 acres and somebody came to you and said, you know, I'm having trouble. Could you give me 50 acres? Most of us are going to say, what? I ain't going there. That's my land. Phineas is serious. He wants this to be right in the eyes of God. So he's willing to sacrifice the amount of land and property that's there so that they all can still be in the center of God's will. That's a big move, and it shows that Phineas and the rest of the group are serious about keeping their eyes focused on God and not turning away from his teachings and commandments. But then we look at verse 21, and this is a long passage. I apologize for that, but you've got to have it to understand what all goes on. The two and a half respond to the fellow brethren. 
Then the sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh answered and spoke to the heads of the families of Israel. The mighty one, God, the Lord. The mighty one, God, the Lord. They didn't say it once. They said it twice for emphasis. And then they say, he knows. And may Israel itself know, if it was in rebellion or if in an unfaithful act against the Lord, do not save us this day. If we have built us an altar to turn away from the following the Lord, or if to offer a burnt offering or grain offering on it, or if to offer sacrifices of peace offerings on it, may the Lord himself require it. But truly, we have done this out of concern for a reason, saying, in time to come, your sons may say to your sons, what have you to do with the Lord, the God of Israel? For the Lord has made the Jordan a border between us and you, your sons of Reuben and your sons of Gad, and you have no portion in the Lord. So your sons may take our sons, stop fearing the Lord. Therefore we said, let us build an altar, not for burnt offering or for sacrifice. Rather, it shall be a witness between us and you and between our generations after us that we are to perform the service of the Lord before him with our burnt offerings and with our sacrifices and with our peace offerings so that your sons will not say to our sons in time to come, you have no portion in the Lord. Therefore, we said, it shall also come about if they say this to us or to our generation in time to come, then we shall say, see the copy of the altar of the Lord, which our fathers made, not for burnt offering or for sacrifice. Rather, it is a witness between us and you. Far be it from us that we should rebel against the Lord and turn away from following the Lord this day, by building an altar for burnt offerings, for grain offerings, or for sacrifice, besides the altar of the Lord, our God, which is before his tabernacle. The two and a half emphatically come back and respond to the group. Remember, they said the mighty one, God, the Lord, he knows. Our motives, so please let us explain. And that's what they did. You see, they became very concerned at being separated on the other side of the Jordan. They believed that in the future, that other tribes might not recognize them as part of the nation of Israel. So they chose to build the massive altar on the Jordan River as a memorial, a reminder of the God that both sides worshiped and had later generations come to remember the link between the tribes even being separated by the Jordan. They never intended to use the altar replica to sacrifice on. They just wanted something powerful to remind everyone of the God they all worshiped together. Now, when Phineas heard this, you know he had to be relieved because he's there to solve the problem, but it seems like the problem solved itself. Phineas and the group had time to hear and actually put themselves in the two and a half tribes place. And they realized the fundamental importance that this memorial could have in coming years. They also were very relieved to be able to go back and share with the rest of the tribes the true reason for the altar. As you look back on this, you can see very easily how this could have gotten way out of hand. Yet when the nation of Israel became concerned that some of their own were in sin, they sought to immediately protect God's holiness. You know, I wonder sometimes if we are motivated to protect what is holy in our lives today. Each one of us as believers have come to a point in our lives where we have made the statement of faith. We have begun living our lives serving our Savior. And as we look at the two and a half, they took the time to stop, to make a plan as to how they would honor and remember God 
each day. It is something that we must consider each day. Do we as believers wake each day and put our focus directly on Jesus and how we will continue to point others to our Savior? Do we have something in our lives that, like the two and a half, that people can look at in our lives and see our Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ? There are many things in our lives that distract us from the focus of the Savior. We get busy with tasks of everyday living that we fail to keep our focus directly on the Lord. It is so easy to do, and that is what the two and a half knew. They did not want to lose focus, and they wanted to set forth an example that would point them and their future generations to God. In my life, there have been times when I haven't taken the time to focus on the Lord as I should. I have to stop. I have to take time to ask and to pray and, and continue to seek in myself, what is it that distracts me from being right where God wants me to be? Are there things in my life that are mine that I'm not willing to let go of and keep them from the Lord? Join us tomorrow as Sean shares the conclusion of the message from Joshua 22. What were you thinking? Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt David Podcast.